Gonna call Ghostbusters with better buddies. Back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, we've got James. Hello. And what? Calvin. You used him first this time? I was always <laughs> first. Thought it's Anger. <laughs> Anger. <laughs> I mean, okay, hang on. We'll just we'll just redo that. Uh... No, nah, it doesn't work now. It's, I know. <laughs> nah, I, I know. Even if they done. don't know. <laughs> I know. Uh, our better buddies icebreaker this week, and I think this one will be a fun one because I know you've got some, Calvin. Uh, <laughs> do you have a scar story? A story about how you got a scar? What? No, I will. Oh. Scars? That that's crazy. Dude, that's Calvin crazy. is so safe all the time. It's pretty crazy how safe Calvin I is. I would so never like, try and attempt to hurdle over a hammock. That just yeah. sounds stupid. <laughs> Yeah, that would actually be insane. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you've got a couple. James, do you have any? Yeah, I do actually. Oh, good. I have a few. Um, do you want just one, or do you want just one? Want, we like, can we can save others for other times. Yeah. Uh. Well, the one where like I have the funniest or most interesting story, I guess, would be like um. I have a scar on the bridge of my nose that was from um, when I was younger, maybe like six or seven, maybe eight. I was over at a friend's house, house with my siblings and we were playing hide and go seek. Um, and they were like, uh, all right, James, you're going to be it first. And we're going to do a different version of hide and go seek where you are going to close your eyes and cover your eyes with your hands. And you're going to run around the house and try and find us. And I was like, <laughs> all right. There's absolutely That's a great no, idea. Yeah, there's nothing that can go wrong with this plan. I have totally never done this before. I have full confidence. Um, and your sibling said this to you? Yes. And that the people are younger playing. than you. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was like, it was more like uh, the friend who was about my age uh, kind of suggested it. And then all the uh, younger kids were like, yeah, do that, do that. And I was like, okay, well, like, why not? Like, what's the worst that can happen? And I found out within three minutes because I was running around, I was chasing them around the corner and I ran into a, like a wall, like I ran into the corner of a wall. Um, and I, yeah. And I like gashed my nose open and I actually, I don't know if this was the one with my nose. I don't think so. It was the one with my head. I like banged my, the back of my head or like part, the front of my head on the corner of this wall. And uh, it needed like stitches immediately, but you know we weren't super close to a hospital. So what happened is my, okay, my friend. Okay, that's mom, BS. Well, I mean, like at my mom's house. I mean, I guess we're. You live in a town with. You lived in a town with a hospital at the time. You're as close as you can get. Yeah, I I know, but like it was it was one of those things where it's like, well, you can either go to the hospital or my friend's mom is a nurse, so we can just do it here. And I was like, okay. Uh, I mean, I, I couldn't give permission. My mom was like, yeah, just, uh, I guess if you can help them, just do it. So they brought me over to the kitchen sink and uh, uh, my mom's friend brought out this thing that looked oddly like a staple gun because it was a staple gun. Uh, it was some medical staple gun. 
And uh, she gave me, there was like a little uh, ceramic statue of like baby Jesus from like a nativity scene. She's like, all right, hold on to the baby Jesus. We're just going to do this real quick. And she stapled my head. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, that was great. Um, I got there and moved a couple of weeks later and I actually, um, there's still a bald spot there. So you can definitely still see it. Uh, But that is, that is my star story. Nice. So, nice, nice. Uh, I'm gonna tell my scar story first. Calvin, you're on last twice in a row today. Oh, <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> and oh, you weren't there for this one, Calvin, because you were at uh, you were working at camp. Yeah, I knew, I knew which one you were gonna tell. Yeah, okay. Uh, so it was my last summer camp in the Boy Scouts. I was 17. I, I age out before the next one. <laughs> And I decided, you know, camping was had never really been my thing. But as I grew through the program, I was going to make the most of it. I was older. I was mature. I could summer camp. I was going to make the best of it, have as much fun as I could. And the we got there Sunday night and set up, hunt, got situated. It was going to be a little bit interesting because it was a cooking our own camp, in our own like campsite camp. Whereas normally at Boy Scout camp, or not normally, but a lot of Boy Scout camps, they have like dining halls for the week. W E E K, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and also E A K. Yeah, fair, yes. fair. Um, and so it it was all good, and we were having a lot of fun. We got started, and then Monday went to some merit badge things and in the afternoon oh there's a bridge like our campsite was across a river we had to cross a bridge to get there that was like really cool because like you, we, people would go tubing down the river so you could like watch them go under the bridge and so monday afternoon uh we had a bunch of merit badge stuff in the morning then afternoon we went biking as a group mm-hmm. we went on this trail and we go we get the bikes we tape up our pant legs so they don't get caught or anything and immediately, the very first thing we come across is this massive upward hill with a sand pit at the bottom. So we couldn't get the speed we needed to bicycle up the hill. So we walk all our bikes up and continue on the trail. Go see a tree with a bunch of kayaks in it, whatever. We're on our way back. And we're, I'm thinking like, oh, this hill is coming up. I walked up it. I'll probably want to walk down it. But I misjudged when the hill was. And <laughs> I thought there was one more hill after the hill we were at. So I went down the hill. It was the last hill with the sand pit at the bottom. I did not realize this. I felt like I was going a little fast. And I hit... Right as I hit the brakes, my tire hit a rock. So my front tire goes up. As I hit the br- both brakes, front tire lands, bike slides out sideways from under me as I put my arms straight out in front to catch me. This is halfway down the hill that I do this and I land in a heap at the bottom. I'm scratched up all over my arms and a little bit of my face. I'm bleeding and I'm yelling. Like there was two guys left up there, a counselor and one of the scouts, everybody else had gone ahead and I'm yelling, don't come down. Don't walk down, walk down. I'm hurt. They come down, pick me up off the ground, dust me mm-hmm. off. And they're like, all right, we got to clean you. Like they, at first one of the people, we got to dispose of the body. <laughs> <laughs> Darn close. Um, oh, I lost another one. <laughs> one of the adults with us on the trip was a nurse, and when I first, when she first saw me, she thought that I was bleeding to the bone, just because of like it looked like there was a lot of blood because there were just that many small scrapes. 
Um, but they took me to the uh, urgent care, whatever. They said, yeah, you're broken. Broke your arm. Okay, cool. Send me home. I go home, get uh, pins put in my arm to hold it in place, cast. We're golden, right? Gucci. Everything's great. Mm. And then I went to a wedding. Oh, no. Now, RJ, why is that a problem? It's not. The problem is when someone spills water on the dance floor, and you're in the middle of a dance where people are locking arms and spinning around. Oh, and God. I was locking arms with someone that uh, all of us know, or at least James knows, uh, uh, a little bit younger than us, friend of John's. Yeah. Uh, and she slipped. Uh, and she was currently locked on my cast. And being the gentleman that I am, not thinking very far ahead, tightened up my arm and lifted to keep her from falling. Which put her entire weight on my cast. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't notice anything. F- fast forward a few weeks to getting the cast off. And uh, they have to go to take the pins out. And the doctor looks at it and is like, Dude, if you had come in a week later, this is probably going to be infected. Because one of the pins was fine. came out just the way it was supposed to. Head popped off. Pin came out. No muss, no fuss. The other one, the one that was right on my the side of my wrist, had gotten pushed in a little bit. Uh, and when they took... Cause so it's a metal rod with a little plastic like ball that screws on top. They have to unscrew the ball first before they can pull the pin out. And when they unscrewed the ball, I thought for a second the pin was just in my arm. Because the blood welled up. Uh, thankfully, they it wasn't. It was still there. It was just messy. So they grabbed it, pulled it out, patched me up, all good. But now I have one very small scar on the back of my wrist. And one about the size of my thumbnail on the side. Hell yeah. All because Always I decided to be a gentleman. Thumbnail? Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, come on. Cal, show me a real scar. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're increasing the size of our scars as our stories go on because James has a pretty small one, thin line. Yeah, I got yeah. that's one of the size of a thumbnail. And Calvin, um, uh, yeah. Well, I was kind of thinking here. Wait, let me see. Actually, one, two, three, four. Wait, wait. Isn't there? Oh yeah, one. Did you lose count two. at four? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight scars. Nice. Eight uh, scars, and five of them are on my hands. Um, two are on my left arm, and then I don't. The uh, the other one was from like when I was a baby. I had a hernia when I was like when I was born. That's fun. It's <laughs> a great way to come into the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh so that one don't remember uh also that one's like pretty much gone invisible because i was a baby um but the big gnarly one um is on my left elbow and i'm genuinely curious um you guys are the only ones that could kind of answer but since you you guys have known me for so long it's gonna definitely be a little biased do you guys ever actually notice my scar like when i wear short sleeves uh i do do yeah, you? I'll see it, but it's it's one of those things where it's like you're just I'm, used to it. I'm you, yeah, and it's like I like it sounds weird, but like a lot of guys in my family will have like scars or shit like that. So mm-hmm. it's not it's nothing where it's like you're talking the one like, on your yeah. elbow, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've just always been curious and mm. um, it's one of those things where people are like too afraid to ask. So yeah. I never know if people actually notice until I, sometimes if I bring it up and be like, Oh yeah, I got a scar on my elbow and I show it. People will be like, Oh yeah. I was wondering how you got that. Or people will kind of like feign surprise, but I kind of wish people would just ask me. Uh, yeah. Cause I, I'm kind of, I'm just always curious of like it, it, I've had it for so long. So um, how I got my scar is and I was in kindergarten um, I was six years old and we had one of those big exercise balls, like the big yoga ball kind of things. So as like a six year old, that's like massive for me. Um, and in my living room, we had a big open area in our living room, couch kind of on the side of the wall. My parents are in there and I'm playing around with the exercise ball. And as a six year old kid, I have the amazing idea of, I have this, the ball sitting in the room. I'm able to just kind of run at it. I jump over it. I don't jump onto it. I kind of go around over it and I'm just kind of sitting on it and bouncing and then hitting and just landing up on my feet. So I'm not like jumping and landing feet first onto it or anything. I'm just kind of running, sitting onto it and bouncing off. Um, and I'm just doing this back and forth, having a grand old time. Um, now in the middle of my living room, there's like an electrical outlet for um, like if you have a lamp. So if you have like a standing lamp just in the middle of your room, you know, there's an actual um, electrical outlet in the floor. Um, so you don't have to run a cable all the, or like a plug all the way to the wall. Well, we didn't use this um, because we typically just had the middle kind of open or whatever. So instead of an actual plug, there was a decorative covering. And that decorative covering was just like a brass plate that was like the size of electrical outlet that was just there. Um, and so one of these times I'm running and I jump over the exercise ball, hit the exercise ball, exercise ball goes backwards, my feet go backwards, my arms go forward, and I land directly on my elbow on the ground. Oh. Um, now I'm fairly certain I hit the plate. That's the pl um, That's I think the story my parents told me. Again, I was six, so I don't fully remember. Um, there was a dent in the plate for years afterwards, so I assume I hit the plate. Um with my elbow start screaming <laughs> i'm a six-year-old kid what else am i gonna do just start screaming my parents rush over and are like dealing with me they're icing it up they're trying to take care of me i can't really bend it i'm a six-year-old kid and to help me like calm down um they start feeding me ice cream uh and i'm like this is so much pain but Ice cream. Uh, <laughs> you're creating a really unstable connection to my brain right now. And this is why Calvin has seven other scars. Uh, no, no. But, um, so I, like, still in very much pain, can't bend my elbow. My parents are like, all righty, it's time to go to the emergency room. Take me to the emergency room. Um, only memories I have are screaming in pain um, during the x-ray. Because for those of you who don't have, haven't had or who have not had an x-ray with a broken arm, uh, the x-ray tech does not care. Yep. They are going to get their x-ray. And they're going to put your arm where they need it to get the x-ray. Uh, and yeah. that was painful. Uh, so my only memory is of that and waiting in a room watching TV at like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night and thinking, this is great. Uh, <laughs> because it's like 9 o'clock at night and I'm six years old. 
but yeah, so I shattered my elbow um, and needed surgery to put the pieces back together. So since I'd eaten ice cream that night, I couldn't have it that night. Um, also, now that I think about it, it might not have been like nine o'clock at night. It was in the winter, so it could have been just dark. Uh, anyways, next, um, go in to uh, get surgery the next day. They repair it. They put two pins in my elbow. I got a cast all the way up my arm. And I've got that for a couple weeks or whatnot. Um, comes time to take off the cast. And they use their little saw, which they use to cut through your cast. They peel it off. That's the weirdest smell. Mm-hmm. I can associate the smell with a cast because I've had it so many times. Um and there's like a weird smell to it. It's like funk from your arm being in a cast for four weeks. But uh, that and the smell of the burnt like stuff. This is turning into a whole story. I'm sorry, RJ. Yeah, that's why um, I asked the question. But uh, yeah, and so they peel off the bandages. It's like the best feeling ever. Uh, and it's time to pull out the uh, pins. Well, one of the pins, just like RJ, did, well, first of all, I don't know if this is how it's supposed to happen, but this is how it happened in the hospital in our town, which is not a big hospital. Um, they don't actually do anything at this hospital anymore. They don't do surgeries or anything. They just kind of take care of you. Mainly they ship you off if you actually need anything special uh, beyond like the very basic emergency care. But at the time they still did surgeries. And... I don't think that's true at all. What? I'm pretty sure they do surgical work there. Not anymore. Oh, hmm. Unless it's changed again in the recent years. I knew they did, they they stopped being a full hospital for a while. Anyways, Anyways. I, we digress. Um, I mean, your mom works at the hospital or something, doesn't she? So you probably, I guess you would probably know, but I swear there's a moment there. No. Anyways. I think you're right now that I think about it more because her office moved locations to what probably should be a place where they do surgeries, so. Oh, maybe. Anyways. Uh, yeah, they pull, um, they uh, basically, they get, um, they don't give you like pain meds or anything. Maybe they did. I don't remember, nope. but they had two nurses and a doctor there. Yep. Two nurses were to hold me down. Well, the doctor just yanks it out of your arm. And for mm-hmm. pain meds, they pour cold water over your arm. Yep. That's about it. Uh, first one, kind of a sharp, not even like a sharp tug. Again, don't really va- vague memories of this. It's just it's like a pressure. They pull it out. Good to go. Second pin. Doctor's working on it. Doctor's working on it. That pin ain't coming out. So that pin gets stuck in my arm and they just have the nurses and my parents holding me down as yep. the doctor yanks it out of my arm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that was not traumatizing in any way. Uh, and then I had, I didn't have normal stitches. I had something called um, dissolvable stitches. Yeah. And normal stitches are like thread. You come in, you go, um, you have them for a while, they go snip, and then they pull it out. It's kind of a weird feeling um, of like this thread getting pulled out of your skin. Um, dissolvable stitches, they don't do that. They dissolve. They get rid of themselves. Unless, of course, the bandage sticks to them, and when you remove your bandage to clean you, uh, to clean the area, it rips all the stitches out. Um, hence why I have a pretty gnarly looking scar on my elbow from... 18 years ago now uh because the top part of it has kind of faded away you can still actually see like the stitch marks across it 
the bottom part where it got the stitches all got ripped out and the two pins, you can still clearly see the big old marks where those pins were and where all the stitches got ripped out. So yeah, basically super long story to say I have a scar on my elbow. Now, James, you don't have this sensation because you're a nerd, but yeah, this is true. Calvin, do you still remember what it felt like? Did you did you feel the pin scraping against the bone as it pulled out? I I don't remember. I have just vague memories. Most of that story. The only reason I know most of that story um, is because of my parents telling me bits of it and the fact that I've told that story for eighteen years now because it's you were a sick. good story and it's a massive scar, so people always ask. So uh, some of that could be slightly embellished with the years, but for the most part, that's how it happened. I definitely had pins get stuck and I, and they yanked them out and I definitely had the stitches get ripped out. Um, and I was, and it evolved an exercise ball. Nice. So, yeah, I just, I was just curious cause I have yet to meet anybody else who really had pins like that. And mm-hmm. because I was 17, I very distinctly remember, remember feeling, yeah the scrape inside my arm as it got pulled out. Like I could feel nice. it inside the bone. It was weird. Nice. Nice. Oh, also this didn't leave a scar, but we found out two years later when I broke my wrist again, that I had actually broken my wrist when I broke my elbow. Nice. And the doctors oh. didn't know. Wow. Yeah. Those are bad doctors. Yeah. It wasn't great. Actually, I blame the x-ray tech. <laughs> no, they were just so focused on my elbow that, nobody thought to really check my wrist because mm-hmm. I was probably just saying my elbow hurts, my elbow hurts, but it was like my whole arm, like my whole arm hurt. Yeah. Uh, That's so fair. Part of that was the fracture in my wrist as well as the shattered elbow. And then I broke my wrist again and they saw the scars and then I broke my wrist again. Nice. Our next segment, better buddies recommend where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. What do you guys got for me this week? I've got a basic one, but it is timely. Go for uh, it. Yeah, do it. I mean, I, I got to go with Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, <laughs> everything that's going on. <laughs> um, I do have some stipulations to that. Um, I think you got to watch Wolf of Wall Street like you watch Fight Club, where like there are parts of the movie that are intended to be kind of like excessive and edgy on purpose. And then there are also other parts of that movie that are kind of like edgy and they don't seem self-aware like i don't think it's the most amazing movie of all time um and i don't i don't think it's even close to like you know one of the better scorsese movies but i do think like it's got that scorsese yeah and I, i do think it's a kind of fun like um it's like if a 14 year old like went to wall street on a field trip and then wrote like a like a story about all his friends like (laughs) like forming a a firm with them um and i think with everything that's going on uh it's uh it pays to know uh who your enemies and or potential allies are and that not that a movie is an accurate description of anyone who's like working right now but it does i think capture kind of the attitude of a uh of some of the firms or at least even of like some of the people who are going against them right now so i would highly recommend just as a kind of like fun like friday night flick that you're just going to throw on with a few beers and a smoke or two and just sit down and not watch your grandparents and laugh yes dude well 
my grandparents actually went to go see that movie. Yeah. Um, my grand, yeah, they went to go see that film. Um, there's a couple people who are very nice, very sweet. Um, made a lot of money in construction, and they they tune into all these financial reports. So when they heard uh, this movie was coming out, they were like, "Oh my gosh!" It's like it's very interesting. And within the first like. 10 minutes, uh, my grandma was like pulling my grandpa out of the theater. She was like, we're going. And he's like, but why? (laughs) uh, (laughs) No, I would, I would recommend it. I know it's again, kind of a basic recommendation, but if you go into it with kind of the right mindset, the right equipment, I think you can have a pretty good time. I've been meaning to see it, but I made the mistake, not mistake really, but you know, like relatives will sometimes latch onto things without really meaning to. Yeah. Yeah. I, made the mistake of mentioning to my grandparents once that I wanted to see it. And the last mm-hmm. time I went to like see them, uh, my grandpa, we were trying to like find something to watch for the evening. And grandpa's like, Oh, what about this? We could watch this. It's like, no, 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 that's okay. We don't have to do that. Yeah. No. It's a, yeah. Do not watch it with like, unless you're really comfortable with your family. Do not watch that movie with them. Like there aren't like too many, like, doesn't it have the and- highest F bomb rating? of like number of f-bombs per film i mean i'm sure and of course it's like margot robbie's debut and there is a scene where she comes out like fully in nothing but high heels so it's like there's that but <laughs> why i'm saying like unless and again that's like that's why it feels like it was written by like a 14 year old in like some of the best and worst possible ways um so unless you're really comfortable with your family do yeah. not watch it yeah, just watch American Psycho. That's a perfectly uh, family-friendly <laughs> film that, that tackles the same issues. It's, it's a family-friendly run for the whole family. It totally is. It totally is. It's got Christian Bale. He was in... Uh, Batman. So you yeah. know it's good for the kids. That's yeah. a family-friendly property. Yeah, do that. But yeah, Wolf Wall Street. Awesome. Calvin, what about you? You can go. Okay. Uh, I'm going to recommend WandaVision. Uh, WandaVision is three episodes in it's a very slow burn to begin with um, Mm -hmm. but it it's an intentional slow burn the first two episodes are almost almost entirely just like a sitcom trope of of two different uh, eras but in those and then like with episode three is another is the uh, oh episode three is like that 70s show I think Okay. Or at least it's supposed to be like set in the seventies ish. Problem is, uh, not problem. The thing is with it, that one is where like things start to pick up a little bit. Um, but if you're like paying attention and you know the MCU a little bit, you can pick up and like know Marvel and stuff. You can pick up and piece together an idea of what's happening. But even like, even me who is a comics guy and knows the MCU, I'm still kind of guessing like, yeah. I know what sword is in the comics, but it's clearly different here. I know uh, <clears throat> who a couple of these characters might be. I have a theory as to what has happened and why they're in this sitcom sort of thing. But nothing definitive. Absolutely nothing definitive. And I'm hoping the episode that drops... The same day this podcast episode drops will enlighten me a bit. 
So really quick then, as someone who is a Marvel fan, um, you follow the movies and obviously the comics uh, for a long time, like very closely. Is it a noticeable departure from the tone of at least the cinematic universe or is there some kind of continuation? Obviously, they're going with the same characters, but the trailers seem to have like advertised it as something that is different than what you would see or find in like a regular Marvel movie. Right now, I will say yes. Uh, it's very different. Uh, like I said, so heavy on sitcom tropes and like, yeah, slow burn and joke. Like, yeah, more movies have comedy, but they're not like sit. It's not sitcom comedy. It's not comedy centric. Sounds Damn like man, an unschooling. Like it. Like this is something that slowly unravels, and yes. like there's little bits and pieces where you like. Obviously, watching the trailer, just knowing about the property, you know that it's probably going to come undone at some point, or like turn into something else. But it sounds like from how you're talking about the first two, three episodes, concerned themselves mainly with kind of setting the stage with little hints and pieces and like emergences of these like a sign that something is off. Very much so. And I think, I'm personally glad. That was one of the big criticisms a lot of people had, even those who liked the MCU, was it's a lot of the same, which it was. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that they're trying to do something different, even if, because it's like an eight or nine episode series right now, even if like episodes uh, six, seven, eight, or seven, eight, nine are back to more of that same MCU, it starts with something completely different. And I think it's working. Okay, I was just going to ask. So two questions that maybe elaborate on. So do you think it's working? And if so, why? And how long are the episodes? Episodes are about 45 minutes. I think it's definitely working because they're adhering so closely to sitcom tropes of the specific era they are trying to imitate. Um, Like they brought Dick Van Dyke on to, uh, (laughs) as a, a, um, not contributor, as a... uh, yeah, contributor, I guess. Like, to work with him about, like, okay, how do we get this right for this era yeah. and this style show that you did with the Dick Van Dyke show? Mm-hmm. Fun note, he had no idea about the MCU or anything of it. And uh, Kevin Feige had to sit down and was like, oh, and then Dick Van Dyke was like, oh, so what, what, what movie did you guys just put out? And Feige's like, oh, we just, our last one was Endgame. He's like, oh, oh, that's great. And he's like, yeah, it, um... Broke the broke the records. Like, oh really? Oh wow, that's fantastic! Like that. At first, it was that politeness, and then it was like, oh wow, I respect the fact that you've done this. I cannot believe that Dick Van Dyke is still alive. Like I all he day to, now. He for me is someone who I always think he is dead. Like, <laughs> I, I think he. Yeah. I think he has died because I I always confuse him with Dick Clark. Oh. The guy who used to host the New Year's Eve like uh, show or whatever. Oh, he passed away. He did pass away. He passed away like maybe maybe close to ten years ago. But yeah, that's that's cool that they brought like outside consultants. I wonder if I don't think Norman Lear's. Wow, oh, yeah, almost ten years ago, Dick Clark. Wow. But yeah, uh, so yeah, I think it's working. I think it's one of those things where like I think it's working and I really like it. But of course, because they did something different, you've now got this contingent of people who are saying. It's different and it's bad. So yeah. we've reached that point. Uh, but oh, yeah, I think they, I yeah. recommend the show. It's cool. Calvin, what you got? Uh, I think, okay. So I found a T 
TV sh- or a show on Netflix, one of their new shows. Um, it's called, first of all, it's good. Okay. So it's the, it's called Fate. Oh, let me think. It's called like Fate the Wink Saga. So I don't know if you, it's like, I think it's based off of the, like, the animated Wink. God damn it. Like, no, no, no. Wait, listen to me. Listen to me. Okay. <laughs> you better sell right. hard. So it's based off of, as far as I can tell, like the Winks, like the fairies, the kids show, it's like Absolutely. animated. Yep. But this is like not a kids show. It's like a YA show. Um, so it's fun because it's kind of mindless. And it's not anything like insane. It's just another, um, it's kind of similar to the magicians. Um, it's live action. Uh, and it's kind of a fun world that you just don't care about. Cause it's bait. It's really simple and simplistic. Um, and yeah, it's so that like they, they curse. There's a lot of like, uh, relationship stuff and people, uh, and uh, all that stuff. Uh, so it's not a kid's show. Like it's TVMA. Mm-hmm. uh pe- people get straight up murdered uh and it's basically about these um there's like this other world called the other world or the other realm or something like that if we, i already forgot oh, YA. it's such a it's such a ba- yeah i know right <laughs> yeah. it's super ya i love it <laughs> but um it's awesome, like though. yeah yeah but there's okay. like fairies and fairies can be guys or girls they're just fairies are ones with magic and there's like a school and it's about this girl who comes from the human world. Our world doesn't even know fairies exist. And suddenly she's like, oh, you're a fairy. Um, like you had a distant ancestor that must have been a fairy. So you suddenly awoke to magic powers and she goes to the school and stuff. And it's just like about learning to control her magic. There's other people that go to the school that don't have magic, but they basically train to be soldiers um and yeah yeah yeah. uh there's there's like your typical ya kind of uh social like drama well just drama and stuff there's like the guy that's a grunt that's like the love interest for the main character who's a fairy and i don't know it's super simplistic i think the the effects are decently well done um it's only six episodes long which is like perfect uh-huh. it's not like a super long drawn out thing it just kind of the, there's action um there's some funny bits uh there's definitely issues with it but i enjoyed it and i don't know why they decided to make some animated kids show that about fairies into like a ya magic show um well, they did. but it's like a mature ya it's like mature ya too because there I- is yeah no i i agree with you like i actually personally uh i don't have a whole lot of like experience with this type of content but i do from the bits i because remember when we sat down for a little bit we watched like a few episodes of the uh the shannara chronicles or whatever i like the shannara chronicles i really want to read the books because i've heard the books are actually good well some of them i've heard are actually really good but um the show is terrible it's like yeah. an MTV show, but I loved yeah. it. <laughs> it. Oh, it's like, it is like garbage, but it is like, I love like YA fantasy because mm-hmm. uh, I, like, it's so almost schizophrenic because there'll be points where like the f- fantasy mythos takes absolute precedence. And then like, 
for most of the show, it's nothing more than like high school level drama between the characters that like doesn't matter in the scope yeah. of like the larger conflict that's taking place in the world. So it's like Bradley's hooking up with Angela. Oh, and I guess like we're being invaded. But anyway, like, <laughs> but more importantly, yeah, no, yeah, and that's and that's like, basically this. Uh, it's yeah um there's there's kind of a lot of that going on there's some like larger drama um there is some kind of interesting stuff but for the most part it's it's pretty simplistic uh i I don't think there's anything wrong with i don't even think like you have to watch those shows like totally like quote unquote ironically i think you can find some like no i'm not i just actually enjoy it (laughs) good like I think it, I think it can be fun to watch some of those. So yeah, oh, yeah, nice. That the 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 main actresses are hot. That always helps. At it always, doesn't hurt. At, and exactly. Wow, that's a name. What? what? Oh I yeah, looked, I just looked up their names, and one of Dutch the actresses' name is uh, Hannah van der Westhuizen. Isenthum or something Isn't like that. Him? Yes, oh. I don't know. Eisenthum, whatever Eisenthum. weird Dutch name. Yeah. The Dutch. Dutch, whatever. Dutch. I recommend it if you have Netflix and you just want to put on a mindless, kind of fun YA uh, action fantasy. Yeah. Fate, the Wink Saga. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I just oh, looked yeah. it up. It's 100% based off of the Nickelodeon animated show. Hell but yeah. it's not at all the same. <laughs> Good. They gotta make a live action puka. Come on, guys. No, Come on. I will not. No. That show's no, awesome. That show's no, awesome. No. You are doing No. Run, go watch no, puka right now. No. Okay. If I'm remembering the right show, no. Because that was the one the right about point? the little, like, girl who was in love with the little ninja dude, and the ninja dude just right. wants to do ninja, ninja shit, and she, yeah. like, wants him. So she'll go, off. she's like super strong and all this other stuff, but she doesn't have any awareness beyond him. Yeah, there's the, there's the, she's got two friends. There's the guy who always takes his shirt off, like rips his shirt off, and the girl with the chicken on her head. There's like the cooks. There's Santa Claus. No. It's awesome. No. It's so no. great. Watch no. it. No. But first watch uh, the the Winx uh, show on uh, Maybe. Netflix. <laughs> and then before that, watch Wolf of Wall Street. Before that, watch WandaVision. Uh, speaking speaking of Wolf of Wall Street a little bit, you were referencing uh, the current <laughs> events of the day? Yes, I was. Do we, yes, want, to, do we want to quickly Whatever recap that current event? Is happening. We absolutely can. We absolutely can. Because um, if I uh, understand it correctly. How much do we... Yeah, okay, yeah. You go with your understanding. I will go with my understanding, and you all can jump in and correct the things I, I don't understand. So... Robinhood is an app that lets you trade stocks. Uh, And a group of people on Reddit got together and said, we're going to trade, we're going to buy up GameStop stock, which was really low, boosting its value. Mm -hmm. In boosting its value, they got more people into doing this and continued to boost the value. And the way they did this and the methods they did this meant that theoretically they were supposed to take a loss but they it wasn't looking like they were and so all of these other hedge funds that were doing this sort of thing uh were getting screwed over by this uh close close. cal you can go and then i'll i mean 
Um, so I'm a little hazy on the beginning, but there's a bunch of these hedge funds and the way um, they don't have to work this way, but a way a lot of them do, because um, it's kind of in the name hedge, is they would hedge their bets. And to do that is they would do a thing called shorting. And shorting is basically instead if in normal stock market stuff at the base level, you're betting on a stock to go up, you're getting in early when you're going to buy low, sell high. That's your basic premise. Shorting is basically you're expecting it to tank. You're expecting it to go down. Um, you're going to sell stock right now at a lower price and you have a certain amount of time to then um, pay back that stock that you borrowed. Um, so if the stock goes down, then you can buy the stock you owe back to where you borrowed it from. You can buy it at a lower price and you make money on that difference because you sold it at like 20 bucks it drops to 10 bucks. You can like, ah, I need to return five shares so I can buy five shares at 10 bucks and I make the difference and I get to keep that. The, 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 the downside of that is, hey, I sold them at 20 bucks. I now need to, you you have to return these stocks. You, you're obligated to. So if the stocks go up in price, say now you sold them at 20, but the stock skyrocketed to 30 bucks, you're still obligated to buy back five stocks and return those five shares you just now have to do it at 30 bucks. That's a very high level view of shorting. And these hedge funds, they do it all the time. And they tank companies and they bet on bad things and they make a lot of money doing it. Well, a specific subreddit called Wall Street Bets, um, which basically is just kind of all out there on like stuff as it is. They're kind of insane people that just do insane things and actually quite often lose a lot of money. Um, you should not go to Wall Street Bets if you want actual financial advice or strategies. A lot of people make money on there, millions of dollars, but a lot of people lose millions of dollars. So uh, they were like, nah, screw the man, screw these hedge funds. And I believe they announced or something, or it was somehow put out there that they were shorting GameStop. Um, mm. So people knew this was the position they held. And Reddit was like, screw you guys. And started buying GameStop. So that meant GameStop, GameStop, their share prices went up and up and up and up and up. And these hedge funds, which had put a ton of money and GameStop's stocks going down, uh, they're now actively losing money. As, um, as the price goes up, they have to eventually pay back this stock. So they're incurring more and more losses because they're going to have to buy at a high price. And yeah, yeah so a stock that was 20 bucks a week or two ago um, hit $500 this morning. Yikes. Yeah, and this has been something that's actually been building for a while. So way back in the summer, um, Michael Burry, who for anyone who doesn't know who that is... Uh, if you have seen The Big Short, Michael Burry is Christian Bale's character in The Big Short. He was a guy who, who got very, very famous in the financial collapse of 2008 um, because he bet against the banks and he won. He bet that they were going to fail really and, <laughs> and he made a lot of money. Um, and this same guy during the summer saw a similar situation with GameStop where what was happening was its, its uh, management firm, the hedge fund Melvin Capital, was I think that's their name was yeah. uh, 
essentially shorting over 100% of their stock. So shorting more stock than they actually had. Um, and he decided to get in on this. He believed not only that this was uh, a, a crucial mistake, he actually believed that the business of, I think he said this, that GameStop's business is actually better uh, equipped than people think it think it is. And he actually believes to a degree still in the actual like business that they're offering. Point being, uh, people slowly started to become aware of this over the months until like uh, Cal was kind of saying um, in January, people on Wall Street bets picked up on this and they saw a major, major opportunity because the stock was very, very, very low. Um, and if they could jack up the price, uh, essentially through stock manipulation, which again, like Cal said, is basically what these firms do anyway. Um, yeah they could not only make themselves a shit ton of money on a stock that was undervalued, uh, so to speak, they could also potentially uh, completely lead Melvin Capital and other extant hedge uh, funds to complete dissolution. Uh, Melvin posted losses, I think, in around the area of $24 billion. Um, that has yet to be finalized. There are other firms and investment banks that hold stake in Melvin that will need to come in and essentially bail them out uh, because Melvin does not have the capital to back up its shorts. Like Calvin said, at the end of the week, uh, tomorrow at the at what, four o'clock Eastern Standard Time or whatever tomorrow, Melvin has to buy back all these stocks, all these GameStop stocks. And uh, they don't have the money to do that because they were shorting more than they, than they had. Uh -huh. Well, I do want to interject. Actually, Melvin closed out their position on Tuesday. Really? Really? I thought yes. they, I did not know that. I thought they were still. Uh... I will double check this, but no, my understanding is Melvin Capital actually closed out their position uh, on Tuesday and lost a lot of money, but yeah. they're out. So the shorts still stand because then why would everyone be holding unless they just don't know what they're talking about? They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Mel yeah. Melvin Capital closed out its short position on Tuesday afternoon. Go away. I know I have ad block. I don't care. Your news sites suck. That's why I use it. Um, closed out its position on Tuesday afternoon after taking a huge loss. Could not CNBC could not confirm the losses um, they took on the short position. Um, however, Citadel and Point Seventy Two have infused close to three billion to shore uh, into Melvin Capital to shore up its finances. Yeah, so, so they've already closed out. However, they lost a crap ton of money. Oh, and I think the short then someone is picking up their tab. Someone has to. Someone has to buy back those shorts, right? I mean, like, uh, no, they um, they probably bought. They just bought all the shares they owed at that price. They had yeah. until tomorrow to return them. So they could have waited until tomorrow, hoping the stock would drop. But since it didn't look like it was going to, and it was going nowhere but up, they were like, we're gonna take the loss because it could only go up and we could take a greater loss. They took the gamble that they wouldn't be able to take less of a loss. Oh, and uh, you cut out. He's dead. They found out. They got him. Calvin, did they get you too? No, I'm still here. Oh, good. Oh. Did those Wall Street yeah. guys get you? I, Did they I change was, your yeah, brain? Almost. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of guys in white collars and greased up hair looking at me through my window right now. They're very, very close. So <laughs> wave to them. Hi, guys. Uh, Are they trying to point a laser pointer at you and pretend it's a sniper rifle? Yeah, they're being dicks. Uh, who would have guessed, right? Um, who? No, but 
the the for me the the really interesting thing beyond the bare technicalities of the story, which are just interesting in and of themselves, yeah. would probably constitute like an entire section, if not a chapter, in a lot of like financial, like economics textbooks and things like this. Um, is the the fact that a lot of people have pointed out that this points to a fundamental flaw within not just the stock market, but perhaps the way that things are being run right now, where uh, a couple days ago, yesterday, when this was all kind of really coming to a head, um, uh, people like CNBC were screaming and wailing. Vice was putting out articles that were, was saying that anyone who was engaging in this in this practice, any of the retail uh, stockholders, stockbrokers, the people who, who were on Wall Street bets, accusing them essentially of that saying this was a white supremacist action things like this just bringing it all into these kind of like obfuscational tactics almost um and the interesting thing is that like people pointed out this activity that wall street bets and its users and now a lot of other people are doing is how the game is played on wall street it is the same tactics that have cost people lives and cost this country billions of dollars and cost the world uh in several instances countless countless years and countless however many aliens in in finance and just kind of like forward progression and economic development and yet when a few uh redditors with cheeto dust on their fingers and a, and a couple other people across the internet decide to do the exact same thing this is suddenly decried essentially as an act of economic terrorism how dare they do this obviously these people are not professionals. Um, they, uh, there they are not the forces they tamper with. Yeah, I am sure that there, as much as I like to rail against these hedge fund types, uh, I am sure that there are at least a few good people, a few good men and women on Wall Street who don't agree with the practices that are going on. However, um, it, it should be noted that like the blatant hypocrisy where these funds, for instance, Robinhood today, uh, essentially banned people from buying GameStop stock. Uh, the only option people had through the app was to sell. Um, TD Ameritrade did the same thing. Uh, it was a coordinated effort clearly to prevent any more of this kind of rampant speculative, like mass stock uh, purchasing from going on. Um, and it's quite frankly bullshit. I understand that these people are messing with something they don't fully understand, but there are also people who get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars and get commission in the millions who do the exact same thing and have cost this country far more. So my irritation is uh, burgeoning on rage at the idea that these people would deign to lecture uh, <laughs> people who have yet to receive any kind of substantial economic assistance uh, over the past year. Um, and now that clearly, clearly, they're taking matters into their own hands. I can't necessarily validate every part of the action, but I certainly understand with it. So I know that was a rant, but yeah. 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 And from what I'm reading in this article, mm -hmm. like this whole thing has um, supposedly cost people that shorted it uh, up to like $5 billion <laughs> like yeah. throughout everybody. Um, but it does seem like the big one, which a lot of people were targeting is Melvin Capital because mm -hmm. I think they had one of the largest positions. They did cover their stock, um, so they're out. 
they lost a crap ton of money, but it seems like they're out and they got out before it got super insane. Well, and it will be interesting to see what kind of like, for instance, uh, Janet Yellen, the current secretary of the treasury was, uh, has ties to uh, Citadel. Um, I, mm. I think either her husband or she was like, uh, she's on the board or she has options in Citadel, which is the larger like manager almost of people like Melvin Capital. Ben Bernanke, who was the cha chairman of the Federal Reserve during 2008, also has options in Citadel. <laughs> Uh, not looking good for these people. Um, even the current uh, press secretary, the the woman, I think her name is Jen Sakis or something, yeah. P.S. something. And yeah. I mean, her, her husband is a stockholder either in Citadel or Melvin Capital or like one of those ones. So this like people are beginning to call into question, like clearly there is a direct conflict of interests um, if you have any relationship whether it's through a spouse or your job um to these types of companies and again like i was kind of talking with you guys about this before and uh, this is a sentiment a lot of people have echoed i don't fully understand the stock market clearly um however i don't think it takes a fucking like genius to see that like the financial organs of this country that the country needs to survive should not be uh wedded or meshed with like what is essentially appears to me again as a common rube appears to me to be nothing more than a big casino um and i know that's not exactly what it is i know it's far more complex but my point is like it is ridiculous that these people can play with um all of our money whether it's stuff from federal funds like social security or pensions 401ks things like this they can go to the tables on wall street lose billions and get bailed out and nobody gets charged nobody gets in trouble it all goes back to going normal because clearly we have some very incestuous and toxically codependent relationship in this country with the stock market um and i don't know i don't know i think this was good for a lot of people well, it's like you—it's right. uh, like you said in our group chat earlier. We need some—we need a friend who's an economics major to come explain why yeah, this is either the worst thing <laughs> yeah. ever or not as bad as we think it is. Yeah, and I don't think like I think just like a lot of stuff that's happened in the past year, like this is serious. I don't—I think right now people are, including myself, are caught up in the hype of the moment. Like I think this will probably yeah. die down, but. This is one brick on a long road. It feels like we're heading towards somewhere, and I have no idea where, but it is interesting to watch this kind of stuff play out in real time, for sure. Yeah, and I feel like we have to say that if you're listening to this, like, there's, don't, you have to be careful with this stuff, because if you get caught up in the hype, there are people making millions of dollars in what's happening. They oh, bought, yeah. they got in early, it hit 500, 400 bucks, they bought it at 20 bucks a share, they've made hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. Flip side of that, this is an incredibly volatile stock. I I was chatting with you guys this morning and I was like, holy crap, it hit $420. And then as I sent that, it hit 460. And I was like, geez, it hit 460. As I sent that, it said it hit 480. And I was typing, hey, it hit 480 when it dropped down to 400. And then I was like, oh man, it's falling. Uh, and I was like, oh wait, no, it's fine. And then it went into free fall. Yeah. And they had to they they were halting trading every 10 seconds and as soon as it came back after a break it, they would have to halt trading again because it plummeted and it dropped from that 400 mark 
to $120. So that is where people lose money. And that's where these hedge funds, yeah, they lost $2 billion, but they also got two other people to bring in and be like, now nah, we got you. Here's $3 billion. So yeah. they're going to yeah. be fine. Sure, they lost a billion dollars, and it's not something they can str- just shrug off, but they can recover. The average citizen, the average person playing the stock market, they can't recover. That's their life savings gone. That's them in debt for the rest of their life. So, do not play around with the stock market unless you a hundred percent know what you're doing and you're a hundred percent willing to lose all of your money because it's yeah. just gambling. It's yeah. just gambling. <laughs> if you want to, if you, you want to know if yeah. you're ready to play the stock market, you've got two options. One. Go find an online free video game version of st- of the stock market, or two, go pay go play Cookie Clicker, because in <laughs> Cookie Clicker there is a stock market mini game for the various ingredients needed for cookies. Do you want to know how good I was at that game? How good? Not good at all. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there is yeah. a really cool website called Investopedia, and. Yes. It has a ton of information about the stock market and how it all works. And they, and they kind of break it down and the basics of it. And they have a simulator. So you can create an account and you can create a game. And you can actually simulate the stock market. You can, you can set up a game where you, you have a certain amount of capital where you can be like, Okay, I start with a thousand bucks and you can just see where that goes. You could give yourself a million dollars and see how much you could turn that into. And it just matches the actual stock market and kind of simulates what would happen and how you would do. So if you want to play around with the stock market, go to Investopedia, create your free account and play around with fake digital money and watch you lose everything. And (laughs) then you can reconsider investing in the stock market. And remember too that like for some people in the stock market, like it is just a math or a numbers game. And some people are just really good at that element. Other another part of it really is like some of the best investors are people who are great mathematicians, but they're also great like students of human character and just business and psychology. Uh, yeah. They, the, they know- the stock market is like an insane combination of high level calculus and statistics and math and psychology. Like it is such a ridiculous blending of those two things of like the most quantifiable science and the, one of the most unquantifiable sciences. Like you can quantify some stuff in psychology, but there's also like, I don't think anyone necessarily predicted the, like a subreddit, like exploding a stock. Maybe you could have predicted like a growing resentment, but you could not have predicted its form. You could not have predicted which stock. So there's a heavy, heavy mathematical analytical component. And there's also a massive kind of luck factor. Well, that's why um, they haven't, that's why AI has actually been a problem with the stock market. I remember reading an article one time that because of the way the AI like were functioning, they didn't have that human intuition to hold on for a moment. And mm-hmm. one of them started to sell. And because one of them started to sell, a bunch of these other programs were like, okay, we need to dump this. And they all immediately just started dumping. They had to shut everything down. They're like, no, 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 no. We don't want that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, because they made the analytically correct move. But if you t- took and looked at the big picture, you're like, well, but it'll it'll be fine. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it's, I mean, definitely I would say like, I'm interested in this stuff more from like the psychological, like business. I've read, I've read a few books on like international business, like strategy, like written by people who work at consulting firms, like McKinsey and company and shit like that. So this stuff is interesting. And I definitely like, if you do have any interest in it, like Cal said, go check out Investopedia. I've wandered around there for a little bit. Um, it can get pretty like acidic above the shoulders, numbers type shit, but it's still pretty fun to try and like learn this stuff. And I definitely think if like, hopefully this event has piqued the interests of many or at least a few people our age who are going to be able to kind of use this power, hopefully for good uh, instead of what it's currently being used for, which I wouldn't necessarily say evil, but uh, definitely, definitely not entirely good. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. Like I said before, or uh, in somewhere in our chat before, like, out of all the apocalypses I've lived through in the past year or so, this is the one that's the most fun, the economic. <laughs> I like this one the most. Yeah, because you're the least impacted by it right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. definitely more of a... I mean, yeah, for now. Like, we'll see. Um, but, yeah. Uh. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's quick give a little bit of advice. Do we have time? It's already we got a little bit of time. We got a little bit of time. Yeah. A little bit of time. Oh, we can do, like, a lightning round one. Uh... So, but, uh, how to be a better buddy, where we give some humorous and some real advice uh, from questions on Yahoo Answers. If you need advice, send us a question and we will answer it. Uh, lightning round, we'll only do a few of these. Uh, I want, I need to cut all ties with this male friend and it's hard and I don't want him in my life anymore. What should I do? Best thing you can do in this type of situation, regardless, is just have one time where you meet and just say why you're doing this and then say goodbye there you go at least you can have peace of mind there so pretty straightforward cut ties yeah just, it's gonna yeah, suck yeah. yeah it's gonna hurt and like be careful like if you think he's volatile like don't like you yeah, know be don't safe. meet him in person you think he's gonna be like a monster but yeah yeah uh how come 28 to 30 year olds seem more immature now compared to 30 years ago Further details. I recently visited my niece and they had a small party with her friends. She is 29 and her friends were in the 27 to 30 year range. Your age. Uh, anyways, I noticed that this age group seems more immature than what I remember when I was that age back in the 80s slash 90s. They were still getting drunk at the party and taking pics of themselves drunk and posted it in, on their Instagrams. Back in my day, I don't remember people acting like this. Most had a wife slash husband and children. Yeah, they did have a wife slash husband and children. And then they also did a lot more cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, one, they could they could afford it. Um, and two, uh, just the internet. I mean, like Yeah, that's such a like, game changer. Yeah, people nowadays are much less alone with their thoughts than they might have been, you know, thirty odd years ago. So that definitely leads to a kind of like mental stunting to some degree, I would say. Uh from also, a... I, oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, also, every generation is just like, yeah, the younger generation ain't like what it used to be. It was, yeah, everyone's everyone feels that way. Everyone gets old and looks at the younger generation is just like, wow, you guys are all crazy. I was never like that. Yes, you were. Now, yes, you were. Interesting you just thing. You just didn't have the outside perspective. Uh, so you're right. That is a thing that happens. I'm not here to contradict that. But there's mm -hmm. a psychological phenomenon that's currently being studied of shifting maturity where due to 
as I understand it, due to a number of various factors, expectations, uh, life roles being taken on at certain times, uh, humans as a whole, younger generations are maturing uh, at a slower pace and are reaching same, like, quote-unquote maturity milestones at later ages. Um, Particularly because, like, oh, you don't necessarily leave the house to go work immediately out of high school, and you're not immediately starting a family right out of high school. Uh, that's all kind of getting pushed back to, uh, after you finish college of starting families and starting real jobs. And now I'm pretty sure this is going to keep happening because more and more jobs are wanting master's degrees. More people are going to get master's degrees. I suspect it's pushing this not fast, but it's pushing it even back further along. I think I, I agree with that. I think it also probably like going off there really quick. I think it probably has to do too with just how the educational system is formatted already. Like, I think it would be better to instill, like, I don't know how you could do this while still like trying to give kids an honest and genuine educational experience. But in high school, I feel like that's when you actually have to like try and get kids to be like a little more mature rather than expecting college to do it for them because it yeah. just won't happen. Like, I think it's better to provide some kind of foundation of maturity for kids before they get released into college. So they at least have some touchstone rather than just being like, ah, you'll be, you'll grow up in college. It's like, ah, I don't know about that. Like you got to give them the equipment first. So yeah, uh, your niece is not any less mature than you were at that age. Uh, get over it. Yeah. Yeah. Get over a boomer. Um, <laughs> okay. We're going to do, we'll do two more, two more real quick. Uh, why is it bad to use retard? Further details. It's not like I'm using it to make fun of people with disability. People called me this throughout my entire high school life, even though I'm not disabled. So I learned the word is okay from my classmates, James. Hmm. Interesting. Um, uh, well, clearly in some cases it's okay. Cause RJ just said it asking the question. Um, <laughs> I would say, I would say, uh, read the room proper context um i'm not going to say entirely that like this word is totally okay for you to use in every situation or that it's totally bad and you should never say it i, think I mean you... how would you ever use it in an okay situation because if you're using it you're not using it to make fun of someone you're using it as a slur you're calling someone an idiot or you're saying they did something dumb so therefore it's a word used as a slur and you're using it as a slur against another person yeah, yeah, the only but, uh, instance where you can use that word is if you're not referring to people. Yeah, but that's like, you could say then that, like, when you call someone a piece of shit, like, how is that really any different? Because you're not it, calling you're, them you're Right, you're right. It, but but I would argue it's still, when you're calling someone that, typically it is an insult. Like, you have, even if you're doing it yeah. playfully, it's yeah. still an insult. However, this one is used as a slur against a group of people. So you're perpetuating it as a negative word, even if you're not using it directly as a slur. It's operating it'd be the as same, it'd be the, Yeah, it'd, it'd be the same. It, um, I, I, I at least would see it as saying like, oh, why can't I use the N word against a white person? It's not like I'm using it as a racial slur against them. But it's I, still a bad word. I think you get into it. Yeah, you get into a degree of like, uh, there's certain levels to that, I would say, like, I and I, I know this is that's like a hair splitting discussion to have. But yeah. like, I would say contextually, like, 
Well, but there's always that one, uh, what was it? It was it, um, not Bo Burnham. It was, uh, uh, who's the skinny comedian, uh, played Spider-Ham. Um, oh, John Mulaney. John Mulaney. John, John Mulaney, right, has that bit where it's like, if you have two words and you, and one, you say <laughs> retarded and the N word, one of them is the worst word. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> Midget, yeah, and the N word. Yeah, no, no, yeah. So it's like, I, I, like, I'm not uh it, it's bad to use it for what calvin is saying because you are that i will agree with you are using it as a slur it, it the, the power from the word derives of using it as a slur against people who have like cognitive impairment or mental disabilities um to be fair that was a technical term and much of the same way cognitive impairment or mental disability couldn't be turned into an insult in the next hundred years yeah. as well however uh, again, like my biggest thing with it is just use use your fucking brain, read the room, be contextual. If you're with a small group of friends, it's still not. That's cool. the word you're gonna. Yeah, it's not cool. Know. No, no, but that's the reason. Pe- that's the reason it's funny is because it's not socially acceptable. I mean, that's mm, the whole. That's to an usually, extent, but I feel like there are some words that push it too far. I will. I here's my last word because where's the line then because um I because the n-word I would think you would you wouldn't hold that same argument right there is there is no line I'm not gonna say use it I'm saying that I do believe in one special uh high instance where you could use that and it would get a laugh from James everybody. just wants to be able to use continue using it with us I, even not, we disapprove. No, I don't get, well I mean like I don't think he really use I don't I can't think of James he using. has I, would it be fun? Absolutely. But would I do it? No, because that word has f- fucking immense power and trauma. Oh, sorry, hang on. People. I'm referring to retarded, not the N-word. Oh, well, yeah, no, yeah, James yeah, is just trying to defend his use of retarded. I was too. No, yeah, but that's good <laughs> clarification for anyone. That's saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was I was talking about the N-word, but we can talk about both. Like I, But yeah, like I I think like the whole joke, it, like the the point is that it does break a social convention that doesn't make it a good action a good joke is not a good action just because something is funny doesn't mean that like you can be like well it's a joke and that excuses me from any moral like uh consequence it's like no not really but it can't like something can be funny and morally reprehensible a lot of things are but that doesn't mean you should go around and use it so that's what i'm saying is like i do believe it can be funny and if you want to use it to be funny then sure go ahead and you accept all the all the consummate consequences that follow that that's my defense i yeah. i cur- i will give my suspicious stamp of approval to that statement <laughs> but i right. ke- the your the judgment is we're keeping an eye on you yeah that's fair no please do <laughs> get lonely <laughs> uh and last one real real quick because by golly uh, is yeah, there a yeah. word for someone that you're friendly with but aren't close enough to consider a friend? Acquaintance. Colleague. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ed, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, acquaintance, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think that is like the actual definition of the yeah. word. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I'd agree with James. Use <laughs> dictionary, people. Come on. Thesaurus. Thesaurus. Yeah. That one. <laughs> that one. All right. That's it for this week. Thank you, boys, for joining. Thank you, men, for joining this week. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, you're men. We're men. We can exactly. be men, right? You are men. Thank you. Are, are you both men? Yes. 
can speak for myself. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Just making sure. Uh, yes. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song "Living in the Moment" off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. iTunes and Spotify. We're on iTunes and Spotify. Do all the fun stuff. Share the episodes, people. We're trying to get to a hundred downloads on a single episode. Fun fact: uh, January this past January was our best month for downloads so far. Almost broke a hundred. Uh, yeah. If three people listen to this episode tomorrow or when it comes out, uh, we will officially break a hundred downloads in a single month over the entire show. All right, super fan John, that's on you. Yes, let's do it, boys. Uh, but if we can get to a hundred downloads on a single episode. We will review gum. Still a thing. Mm-hmm. Find us on social media. Facebook, Better Buddies. Twitter, at Better Budcast. Use the hashtag Better Buddies when you tweet about the show. Gmail, BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. Send us your fan mail, hate mail, fan art, hate art. Uh, questions that you need answered. Questions you want us to answer for the Better Buddies icebreaker. Or uh, if you just want to brag about something, I guess, and dunk on us, you can do that too. Uh, last, but not least, be a better buddy. It, the effects. All right, uh, should and we I, save some of this? For yeah, the, yeah, 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 you're right. Sorry I was late. I was finishing the last episode of the latest no season of Magicians. Hell yeah. Oh, nice. You're all good, dude. Yeah. Uh, oh, now I, now I know what I'm going to recommend. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to recommend, but now I do. Nice. You reminded me of something. Uh, so yeah, let's get this get this party started. Hey.